social. This week we're not on Blab, we're on Google Hangouts. And I'm really happy to have my guest, Kathy Cruz. She has been a loyal, mindful, social participant in the past. We've done a Twitter chat, but you know, I really love to get people on video because we get so much more in depth. And Kathy is, she's an amazing person. She's an animal rights activist. She's an animal lover. She is a social sales, can I say guru? That seems like such an awful word. <laughs> but she really, she knows her stuff. So Kathy, why don't you give people a little background on you? Just, uh, you know, what you do and how you kind of got into the whole sales industry. Well, I put my dogs on mute. <laughs> They're being mindful as well, your doggies. Uh, I, I, came, I came from the automotive industry. I managed car dealerships my entire life. Uh, my grandfather was a dealer in the 50s and 60s in downtown Los Angeles, so it was in my blood. Uh, in 2008, I got into, uh, well, I had a consulting business that, a cruise control, that was mainly operational, but it shifted into uh, social media and all of the things, online reputation and blogging and all of that. Um, about 2009 or so, I started my blog. And uh, so I stay primarily, I do uh, social media strategies, social selling workshops. I speak a lot of places, specifically in the automotive retail niche. I work with uh, auto manufacturers on training programs to kind of help dealers figure out, you know, what's, what's good to do on social and how to build their online reputation. I have other clients that are non-automotive, but I'm, I'm mostly in the automotive niche just because I, you know, I, I feel at home in the showroom. Yeah. It's good to be with your peeps, you know, and it stay is. focused. It is. So I'm just going to cut right to the chase that there's a lot of really nasty brand perception about car sales folks out there. And, you know, when we're talking about mindfulness and mindfulness together with social sales, and car sales, to some that may be an oxymoron, but I don't necessarily believe that to be true, and I'm sure that you don't. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, let me say first that, you know, the stereotype didn't get there just, you know, magically. It's a stereotype <laughs> because it's true. And there are still, believe it or not, there are still a lot of, people that behave the in the old ways, like in, you know, if you want to go in the 80s or something and see what the business was like then and treating customers. You know, I think the um, average time to buy a car these days is about six hours or so. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's my, that's not from a study, that's just from my experience. And it's, there's many components that come to that, um, to that realization, but, um, but yes, there are, so yeah, there's a lot of um, kind of old ways of thinking out there. And, um, and I get it, you know, change is hard, I get it. But the customer has changed and the tolerance level, there, you know, you're not in charge anymore necessarily. The, the mm -hmm. dealership uh, needs to do some outreach of some sort. And um, there's a lot that I've worked for and ones that I've managed that we have done that just because it feels right. Uh, but in many cases, that's not, that's not true. So, um, but on the other hand, I do see a lot of salespeople, for instance, that come up to me when I speak at conferences or that just reach out to me and ask questions. 
um, that are kind of taking their own destiny in their own charge and creating their brand, their brand online. And that's where the social sales aspect comes from. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, they're, they, they ache for the knowledge around it. Um, I'm working hard <laughs> on creating, I want to do an online course for it. Um, you know, I've been, it's, you know, as you know, online courses are very tough to, uh, it's not the creating part of it. It's actually getting it like to the learning management system and stuff. But nonetheless, mm -hmm. it's on my list of, of uh, my short list of things that I want to accomplish in um, 2016. So, um, so yeah, I think that um, as much as dealers and auto manufacturers too, they're not immune to this information. They know what goes on. There is a, um, because dealerships are franchises, they're privately owned typically. Well, they could be privately owned by a public company. Um, the manufacturers have, you know, certain things they can do and then certain things they can't. So, um, so I think it's the, the key to it is training and getting them to understand that not just social, social sales is going to get you more leads, but um, also Facebook and any social media, online reputation management, the Facebook ads, all of those things are going to be able to get you wh where you really want to go with your business goals. They just have to see how to get there. Mm -hmm. How much does active listening play a role now in sales? And, and I'm not sure that's even a change because active listening has always been a part of, of a good sales program. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple of, of dealership specific sales trainers that have these processes and it's always about your process. And it, I agree in sales, you need to have a process, especially when it's for a group of, of salespeople. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are some that are still kind of preaching those old ways of control your customer and, you know, I, I don't even know what to say to that. But, um, but truly, you know, active listening, whether it's them sitting across from you, um, and this is for any business really, if you're wherever you are, if you have a bricks and mortar, you're listening to the customer in person and, and then also listening uh, to what they're doing uh, online. There's so much valuable data and uh, information to really uh, know, you know, how to get, give you kind of direction on what your customers are looking for and how you can answer their questions and things. Yeah, I think, you know, the customer comes so much better informed to the showroom floor now that, you know, they probably have a really good idea of what features they're looking for, what they like in that particular auto, um, you know, and, and what they expect the price point to be. Um, you know, I've, I've had some really good experiences, but I have to say, when I go on a car lot, I identify who the salesperson is that is actually going to play with me because I want to have a conversation. I want to be engaged. I don't want somebody to come up and say, you know, what can I get you? It's got to be that car over there. You've got to have that, you know, there's always, and it doesn't matter if it's auto sales or, you know, what kind of sales it is. Exactly. But, you know, I had, I, I bought my truck from a guy who really did listen. He wanted to know what we were going to use it for, what our daily processes were. He asked a lot of really great questions and he actually listened to the answers instead of, you know, going through the rote. And, you know, it, it excited me so much. I wrote a blog post about it because it's rare to find somebody and you find that connection in that personal connection. Now I'm looking for another car. 
I'm going to go back to that same guy, even though he's an hour drive away from where I am. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and that's something that I think sales folks need to understand that it's not just this one sale that matters. Yeah, it's um, it, my one of my idols is Carl Sewell. Uh, wrote a book called Customers for Life years ago, and he calls mm -hmm. it the five hundred seventeen thousand dollar customer. So, in other words, in the life of a customer, I think he says twelve cars plus service is five hundred seventeen thousand dollars. So you need to treat every customer you have like they're a five hundred seventeen thousand dollar customer. Mm -hmm. And that was a number from the I think the eighties when that book was written. So uh, I don't even know what it would be now. It's got to be double, right? So. Um, yeah, and um, to, to your point about uh, when they come in, customers come in and they're, the, this is a real stat. It used to be that um, customers would, would even with the, with the internet, they would find out some information, but they would look to the dealership and the salesperson in particular for information, trusted kind of information, because why not? They're the ones that know more about the product. Um, but because the distrust and the credibility has been kind of blown through. Um, the internet has answered that and now the information is out there. And so the stats used to be that a customer, typical uh, new car franchise customer would visit uh, six to seven dealerships when they were shopping. Wow. Now it's now it's at 1.3. Wow. So if, and if you think about it, I think what's happened is they're probably still visiting six to seven, but they're doing it online and they dealers don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And so you really have a very small window to capture the attention and differentiate yourself uh, from the competitor. And as a salesperson, on, you're standing on the lot, very typical thing that happens is that person that was online gathering information, found someone they could trust or knew someone they could trust and have that name already. And so when they walk on the lot, they just go up and say, hey, I want to talk to you know, Peggy Smith. Um, mm. which turns the other salespeople into greeters. So, yeah, we don't, uh, yeah, so why, why, you know, so I, it, but I, there's so many stumbling blocks to get to the point where your salespeople could, um, I, I carry the torch for it, and there's a few other people that do, um, whether it's involving salespeople in the company's marketing, whether it's content creation, um, allowing them and giving them guidance on how to actually build their personal brand online. I've got a client that uh, has his own page through this tool. Uh, it's a dealer-specific online ratings tool, and they give the salespeople, as part of the package, they give the salespeople their own personal page, and so they can add the salesperson can ask the customer for a review and this guy rocks at it man he's got five stars and they are all real i think he's got 91 reviews and so whenever he talks to anybody on the phone or he meets people or whatever hey go look at this page and people go oh wow the, uh, you know that right there's enough to to make you want to say wow that i could trust this guy right 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 and I, so is this really an issue with the individual salespeople or is it an issue that really needs to be top down from the dealership? Because, you know, yeah, it's both because, and I wish I could get those that are believers together. Cause many times I'll see like salespeople and all, you know, anyone that's on the front line selling, um, they're frustrated cause their boss just doesn't get it. I, I have mm -hmm. a friend that's a sales manager that got fired because his boss walked in and said, 
I don't need you to be any kind of internet superstar. I just want you to close deals. Yeah. They fired him from that. And he'd worked there for two years and built their sales up three times. Mm -hmm. And they probably regret his leaving. I hope so. I hope they do. So, <laughs> so there's the bosses that don't get it, but the salespeople that do. And then there's the bosses that do get it. And the salespeople are like, you know, they're not into it. And that is going to be something I think that would, you know, the 80-20 rule that always works. It's always the 20% of your staff is going to really, really get it. And then what mm -hmm. you do with that other 80%, whether it's training or, and some are just never gonna, you know, the, the curve is always going to be that there won't be, you know, not everybody. I've met salespeople that do not have cell phones. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. That's really pretty amazing. You know, I think it's interesting to me, you know, when when you talk to salespeople, there there's different mentalities. There's the ones that are there because they're really pushed maybe by the dealership to make the sale, make the sale, make the sale. And it's all about getting those numbers across the line. And then there's the salespeople who are really there as service. And they have a very service mindset and they tend to um, really put the customer first ahead of the sale. Yeah. Which are you seeing, and this is putting you on the spot a little, which are you seeing being more effective with long-term sales? And getting to those five hundred thousand dollar customers. Oh, definitely the latter. Definitely the. I have a friend named Joe Webb. He's a sales trainer, automotive sales trainer, and he's worked in the business, so he kind of comes with that credibility. And uh, he's lived it. He's had to, you know, make his living off selling cars. And uh, but he's a great sales trainer. He says that salespeople are teachers now. And I, I think whatever that entails, whether it's. Um, you know, just using your own personal Facebook page as, so that people know that you do sell cars and your own network or, or LinkedIn even, let them know, you know, that you do some way sell cars, what you do for a living, because people make choices, you know, based on sure. like people they know. And, and all the way, you know, you could just, that's something minimal that you could do, but then all the way up to creating content uh, on your own personal blog. There's a few salespeople out there that I know that are, have their own personal blog. Um, that they uh, that they use to um, communicate good information and teach the customer because these are not I was thinking about this this morning these are milestones when people buy vehicles any mm -hmm. you know big purchase like that is a milestone in someone's life and you know I'm sure you can remember every car you bought right yeah so can Absolutely. I even I'm in the business and I can remember you know <laughs> the cars I buy so um, so you get that one chance to make a great impression, and uh, and I think that in the day-to-day -day operation, pretty, and this is of any business, you get you know kind of numb to the fact that that the customer, this is something that is important to them, and um, even in B two B, because you know there's a lot riding on a decision, a purchase decision in B two B. So you know, take it and and say, well, let me put you know, walk in the customer's shoes for a bit and, and understand that this is something important to them and a milestone and let me help them um, do that. And I think that's really the thing that's going to keep that long-term connection. Mm -hmm. And that really speaks to the mindful approach of it too, is going out more to that, that longer-term goal that you're really creating relationships and, you know, you're really um, taking that moment to think 
about what that person wants and you know how you can help them and also you know really understanding what their situation is you know a lot of times you'll see people on the lot and you know it's a mom and she's got her two kids and you know how do you how do you manage that you know there's there's so many different ways to handle that and it's the way you handle that situation and that person that really makes a difference in whether you're going to get the sale or not or they're going to go on to another lot um, yeah and girl I have to say if you're practicing mindfulness whatever that means to you I think that that's a really great way to be able to in like have empathy mm -hmm. and compassion and treat them with kindness instead of in some cases it's an adversarial situation yeah even though it's not really they turn it into it mm -hmm. and those days need to kind of go oh go by the way of the dodo <laughs> yeah um, and again I don't feel that that's entirely the salesperson's fault totally. it's that manager who's firing anybody who takes a moment to think that's you right I, I doubt very highly I know there's a lot of companies in Silicon Valley where you know they have a meditation room I don't think that's gonna happen in car dealerships very soon no but there no. is a way to do that because you know there is a lot of downtime when you're yes. in the auto business yes. so you know let, let's talk a little bit about how a salesperson might bring mindfulness into their life and their business and how that could maybe be beneficial to them you got to be diligent because I can tell you the um, the style of management the typical style and I, I don't mean to generalize but because sure. there are some really great managers out there but the typical style that's out there is very uh, police like and I don't care what you did yesterday what did you do for me today and that's to me not not in any way gonna help someone I've, I've never been that type of manager I've always been a coaching type manager and I give people leeway and help them and sometimes it's enough rope to hang themselves, but <laughs> but <laughs> okay. give them the opportunity to to find their way and guide them. And of course, that takes longer, right? It takes longer, sure. and it takes more uh, know-how and and expertise. But uh, it's well worth it. So if you've got a boss that's like that, boy, you've got to be diligent. You got to be diligent about your practice and whether it's. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know a guy that actually uh, it's a few years ago. He worked for a boss that just didn't get it and so he would go out in his car at lunchtime and he would make a video of something that was on his mind and um, he would just you know sit whether you meditate if you don't meditate that's cool you know but me meditation can take all types of you know what what it looks like it doesn't have to be sitting you know quietly you know uh, in in lotus lotus yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> um, it can be a walk you can meditate mm -hmm. and walk um, it's just it's about just uh, um, kind of moving away from your senses so that your mind can rest mm -hmm. and whatever that means right so so yeah if you have a, a, a boss that's not um, that's not not signed up for what you want to do I think it's you have to be extra diligent about it I do and in the end it's gonna help you be a better person and that'll make you be a better salesperson yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think that, you know, you can be much more grounded by being able to just take that moment. And sure, maybe you don't have the opportunity to sit and meditate, 
but there's a lot of times that you know say you're the one that's on the outside lot and there's nobody looking at cars right now yeah. there are things that you can do to just stop and take a breath yeah. and think yeah. you know or just not think or not um, think. yeah yeah or and, consume content you know that's you know maybe meditation is a, a, a jump for some people and and depending on where you work and what you do the logistics of it um, but yes there is a lot of downtime and uh, and because of that, you've got uh, the opportunity to create content. And when I say create content um, or, or consume content too, I, that was where my thought was going. Um, if you consume content, then you're going to be inspired some way, right? Mm -hmm. It will it will lead you. One will lead you to another, to another, to another, and pretty soon you're going to have an idea about something that you want to that you want to express, and that might be in the form of just a Facebook post, or if you've got a blog, or or even if you just want to, you know, be part of a conversation somewhere like what we're doing now, right? And mm -hmm. um, and so don't, you know, don't let the downtime um, get you because that it it will that 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 uh, that voice will start talking to you, and mm -hmm. uh, and it's just not it'll it'll say oh isolate isolate isolate, and uh, you'll believe it, and then the next thing you know you haven't sold anything. Yeah, you know, stress is such a huge issue and, you know, in any kind of sales environment, um, you know, stress is a really huge issue and dealing with that stress, there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just seeing that, okay, that's one of my demons right there that I'm not going to have any sales today and, you know, I know it's going to be a horrible day and as soon as you start seeing yourself go down that track, you can stop that. Yes. You can yes. say, I'm going to stop, I'm going to take a breath, I'm not going to go there. And not so much forcefully as in redirecting your mind to something else or just stopping thinking for one darn second. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of trauma in my life over the years and uh, it turns, it's, it's all good. It uh, it's not fun during going through it, but uh, it turns you into uh, you. You, my life is much different now, and um, I, I have little practices that I do when I get up in the morning or when I go to bed that are just about an intention and staying on that that road of positivity and um, witnessing my thoughts. Are they real? <laughs> because most of the time they're not. Byron Katie. Yeah, Byron Katie. I'm yeah. a big devotee of her. I love her. So I am too. Uh, that, you know, that uh, it's all just a story, right? Mm -hmm. All of it. Even, all of it. So, um, you know, I'll take like, at night I'll just, I have a little um, journal and I'll write five things that I was thankful for that day. And I'll just do that every night. And it actually lets you go to sleep with something um, that you're subconscious in gratitude. And in the morning, it just kind of magically makes the morning easier mm -hmm. and um, and it, like I say it's always a practice everything's a practice and what works for you and it's a constant for me it's a constant investigation of what's really working for me like I practice yoga a lot as you know and I just got tired of the studios I was going to and I'm like you know I just I'm gonna just put the brakes on it for a minute and mm -hmm. um, and so I started looking for a new studio and where I live it's um, it's tough to find. I've been practicing for a long time, 20 years or so, and it's very tough to find um, quality. 
So I'm just looking for quality. I think I found one. So, um, mm -hmm. so it's, and it's nearer my house. So that's good. But it's, it's all of that. Um, and none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have just been observing, really witnessing and observing and investigating like what, what's good for me right now and what can I do to, to better myself. And then hopefully that will help me be a better uh, person outwardly and, and help, you know, help serve in some way. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they call it practice for a reason and it's not just, you know, mindfulness or yoga practice. I do Tai Chi. It's not just Tai Chi yeah. practice. It's practicing your life and, you know, really going in the direction that you want your life to go. And it's not going to be perfect every day. It's not going to work every single time, but I've found over the years that when you bring yourself back to center and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go chase that particular dark cloud, I'm going to stay right here. And just taking a moment to appreciate, like you said, gratitude is a huge one. You know, what am I thankful for right now? Going through those things in your mind um, can really remind you how great your life is. And that changes your attitude when someone approaches you. You yes. know, when the next person walks in the door, you know, it's to me, I kind of, explain it in that retail kind of mode where you know you're kind of window shopping and you walk into a store and the girl is on her cell phone or they don't look up and greet you at all or they kind of greet you with a what do you want here I am in a grumpy I'm having a bad day that affects that person's response to you and so you know finding a way to say okay that you know, someone's in the store, I'm going to redo the, my face, I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to greet them and see what happens. You know, those kind of things make a big difference too. It's about attitude, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And as a manager, that's like what you're all, you always want to have. And I think what salespeople, I, I don't know how I put this exactly, but I think that you're, you're, you're playing the part. It's not that you're being an authentic, mm -hmm. but you have a duty to play the part as Peggy Smith salesperson. And that doesn't mean Peggy Smith, the private person mm -hmm. that, that had a bad day this morning or whatever. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I go back to the years and years ago, I used to work at a dealership in Glendale, California. And the service manager, let me tell you, one of the hardest jobs in the world is being a service manager, especially at that mm -hmm. time at a Ford dealership because it was nonstop crazy. And this guy, and it was a huge service department, huge. And this guy, and his name was Ray, and we used to have these employee meetings, and we would buy get lunch for everybody. And he would, I don't remember what the, the exact situation came up is, but I think he was leading it that day. And he said, what I do before I get to work, because he was driving like an hour to work at that time, said, I put all of my troubles at the threshold before I walk in my office. I put it all outside and I go in my office mm -hmm. and I, I do what I got to do. And I do it with, with passion and I love customers. And even with all of the things that he was getting um, in his face all the time. And then he would do the same thing when he would go home. He'd say, I'm going to take everything that happened a day at work and I'm going to leave it at the thresh threshold and I'm going to walk inside. I'm going to be this person. And 
I think that's a really great way to be mindful of where you're, what you're, um, it, it'll wake you up to like how you're behaving. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just have to step back and look in the mirror and at how you're behaving. Um, you know, but setting those intentions, I think it's very important to set those intentions when you're going to do something, not just at the beginning of the day, but you know, maybe you're going into a meeting. I'm going to set the intentions on what I expect to happen and kind of visualizing, you know, at the end, we're all going to be smiling and happy. Not that there's going to be a conflict, even if there is going to be a confrontation, you can still put a different twist on it by expecting that it's going to be a, have a positive outcome. Doesn't yes. always happen, but sometimes once is good. I tell you, I have a, my friend is the number one BMW salesperson in the nation and she has been for a very long time. And she works at Beverly Hills BMW where I used to work. And she is laser focused on the customer. She doesn't take what we call ups, which are just walk-ins. She mm -hmm. has every, bit of information from every customer she's ever sold to. She sells to a lot of celebrities um, and she has two assistants and um, she is laser focused on what they need, what they want. She thinks ahead of what they might want. She knows when their lease is coming up, she calls them and she's just, I mean, I don't want to call her a machine because she's human, but, but she's amazing to watch. And she's, mm. I've, I've always thought like, uh, when I worked there, actually, I would be like, you know, to the other salespeople, like, why don't you just look at what Nada's doing? Because she's rocking it, right? <laughs> um, she sells 70 BMWs herself per month, which is wow. more than some dealerships, whole dealerships sell in a month. So mm. she's got it right. Now, now her, her approach is, you know, she, she does have, she likes to nag, <laughs> when, especially if there's something going on with her paycheck things like that, as we all would, you know, and she, she does express herself in a very healthy way. Um, but it's never to the customer. It's never in front of the customer. It's never around. And like I say, she's just, uh, she, I, she's got it. It's not something you could teach what she has, uh, but it's something you could emulate, emulate right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that sounds like an amazing skill. Yeah. yeah. Organization is a beautiful thing that I don't have very much of. <laughs> 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 I always admire it when I see it in other people. My, my partner is in real estate and I'm always amazed how she can just pull these things together and, and juggle all those balls at once. And yeah. you know, that's, that's an amazing talent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kathy, you know, it's always really great to chat with you. And I, I know that you um, have a lot of social presences why don't you let people know how to find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook uh, at, at Kathy Cruz, K-A-T-H-I-K-R-U-S-E. That's my personal. I have a business page too, Cruz Control Inc. And then uh, my Twitter handle is Kathy Cruz, and I'm on LinkedIn, but I think I'm on LinkedIn as Cruz Control way back mm -hmm. when I created that. <laughs> Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you name it, I'm on it. I have, you know, my website is uh, cruisecontrolinc.com. My last name is K-R-U-S-E. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everywhere I am. Okay. Everywhere, You're on anywhere. Google Plus once in a while. Google Plus. I do post to there that, that still. I, you know, I'm not sure where it's going or what it's doing, but I think, um, you know, I wrote a blog post about this concept um, last week about um, quality over quantity and mm -hmm. 
uh, vanity metrics and like people that have spent money buying fans or buying likes and and uh, uh, I think we're moving towards more qu uh, quality connections at least I, I feel that I I I um, I purged my Facebook uh, friends. Uh, took me uh, about eight eight hours over four days, but I got rid of about seven hundred people that I was absolutely shocked to see some of the things they were posting on their page. I'm like, how did I get to be friends with this person? I do uh, not know you anymore. Oh my! Oh my! So mm -hmm. I think it's a constant like, and I just I think we're you know we've had this opportunity with social to be so spread out, and and that's still there. But um, we've all seen that uh, you, if you, especially if you're selling things, which you know most all of us are, you you want to be target or be connected to those people that are most likely going to be interested in what you sell or interested in what you have to mm -hmm. say. And uh, not everybody is for everyone. So I think this is where the movement is going: is to more of a uh, uh, a quality connection. I absolutely agree with that. I think people are minimizing the number of networks that they're participating in as well as the number of followers. And you know, it's one of those things that people don't think about as much as they should, but you know, we look at the associations too. You know, yes. I mean, when I go to look at a profile to decide if I'm going to follow them, I go to look to see who they follow. And if they're following a bunch of people that, you know, are spammers or porn queens, that's probably not somebody I want to be associated with. Not that I got anything wrong with that. But you know, it really um, associations quality of, of content is is much more important than it used to be, and it, we can't underemphasize that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I was just listening to John Loomer's podcast uh, this morning about uh, this new Facebook ad. I don't think it's rolled out yet to general people, but uh, where you can, when you're creating a custom audience, website custom audience, you can target it by the time on site. Mm. And you know those that uh, you know that jump over to my blog post and read it, but they only spend you know a few seconds or whatever. Um, that isn't somebody I need to target, right? I'd rather target someone that spent a little more time on my site. So yeah. um, I think that also speaks to this idea of creating quality. I think so too. The power of that pixel is getting stronger and stronger all the time. So uh, you know. If let people know if you don't have the Facebook pixel on your page, put it on there now because you're going to want it later. Yeah. And besides, you know, they're gathering a lot of data about everybody who visits your website. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it is a, that is very powerful. And now yeah. they actually, they've added a new feature too that is people who have engaged on your Facebook page. So if they're not engaging on your Facebook page, then you can, decide not to target them in the ad. That's pretty cool too. That's cool. We want Very the engagement. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kathy. You're I welcome. really appreciate it. And especially with all the blab back and forth. And we've been trying to get this show together for a while. So I'm really, really thrilled that I got to have you on the show. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thanks, girl. It was great, really. Thank you.